Welcome menopause warriors. Come join us where few women have gone before. Our mission is to demystify the menopause journey. We seek to break through the stigma of getting older and provide our listeners with real solutions, support, and answers to give women the tools to live their healthiest, fullest lives. Our guests include healthcare experts, educators, nutritionists, hormone specialists, cultural icons, and everyday amazing women. Come celebrate with us and learn the wonders of menopause. Embrace the heat. Hello, menopause warriors. Today we are talking with the Chrissy Roth. Chrissy is a physical therapist, a holistic nutritionist, and an overall wellness guru. I've known Chrissy for many years, and I'm so happy that she is here today. She is a plethora of knowledge, uh, anything about nutrition and menopause. So welcome, welcome, Chrissy. Thanks for coming Thank on with us today. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. Having been, I am someone who went through menopause early, quite early, um, when I was about 40. I mean, I started it when I was 40. I started perimenopause even before 40, wow. and then finally went through menopause at about 44. So I'm well-versed. I And I was going through it when no one else was. So it was a little awkward. I felt like I really didn't have anyone to turn to. I had some older friends and I was like, help. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. Did you know that's what it was? I did. Yeah, I did. You did. I mean, I did because I I knew that it really wasn't couldn't have been anything else. So, and my my periods, I was getting them like every two weeks, and then I wouldn't get it for six weeks, and then I get it two weeks later. So it was really fun. And then I had crazy hot flashes to, and night sweats. I had night sweats for years before I went through menopause to the the point where I I would just put three towels down on my bed and three pairs of pajamas next to my bed, and I get up and I get changed and I'd take a towel that off and then I you know have the other one under there. Like, it was awful. And, and how old were you when that really hit? Like forty. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it wasn't constant. It wasn't every night. Then it got to where it was all the time. It was so disruptive to my life. Wow. And then I was actually happy to finally go through menopause because I was like, okay, now I can try to figure out what to do about it. And then I made a bunch of changes and I feel like they helped. So that's why you were such the expert when I met you and I was <laughs> yeah. going through menopause. You an expert. <laughs> Isn't that, I should put, you should put that on your resume, expert menopause survivor. Yes. That's right. Okay. Well, let's, let's just start with really, I think is the, the biggest question here is how does food affect menopause symptoms or, you know, we we can go as deep as hormones, but just how does it work? Well, food, we all know food affects how our body works in general. Every bit of our being (laughs) is affected by how we eat. From the time we're children until we get older. As we get older, we become more sensitive anyway and more prone to disease, um, more prone to heart issues, more prone to strokes, more prone to cancer. I mean, just everybody knows as we age, we get more sensitive to all of that. So as, as it pertains to menopause, nutrition is so important because we're hitting menopause as we get older and we're going to be more apt to end up, you know, facing these health issues. And in, and as, as it pertains to menopause and menopausal symptoms, it also affects that. So it's it's time to really start looking. And I think maybe going through that change of life uh, is time. It, it kind of like wakes people up like, okay, I really need to start looking at my diet more than they had before, knowing that, oh, maybe because they feel people feel or women feel a little older when they go through menopause, it suddenly makes you feel, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like when I went through menopause, I wasn't what, you know, I was 
much younger than most people do, but it made me feel quite old at the time, knowing that, you know, I can't have kids anymore and I'm having all these crazy symptoms. And so I think it just makes us look a little more at ourselves and at our health. When you're working with people, do they come to you primarily because of that, the way they feel or because they've gained weight and they hate, they're really upset oh with gosh. their bodies? Well, that, yeah. I mean, our diet is so important in managing our weight as well. And anybody that's gone through menopause or come close to going through menopause, like perimenopausal, know how easy it is to put on weight at that time. So it becomes very relevant to address our diets in order to maintain a healthy weight. And maintaining a healthy weight also helps us get through menopause more easily because because it reduces symptoms. So they, they are all interplay so closely. And so I really had to change how I ate because I was one of those people that I exercise a lot, I run, I work out, I teach spin, I, you know, so I've always been super active and everything changed. I just hit a wall as soon as I started being perimenopausal. I couldn't eat everything. And, and formerly you could kind of just, oh, I want to eat a lot for the next week and I'll drop a couple of pounds and all of that goes out the window. So I do think that changing our diets and, and researching. I mean, I really started researching around that time. Okay, what diet is going to help me maintain a healthy weight? What's the most, what's one that is the most successful, that's the healthiest. So, you know, let's kill two birds. Let's maintain a healthy weight. And let's also make sure that I'm arming myself to have the best health possible for the rest of my life. And the diet that kept coming up over and over again is a plant-based diet right? So over and over. And and eight years ago or 10 years ago, when I started doing the research, eight years ago, when I was ready to just go all in on plant-based diet, people were thought I was crazy. They're like, what do you mean? You're going to, you're going to be vegan. You're just going to eat plants. What is that? How are you going to do that? You guys eat, you know, cause we did eat a fair amount of meat. I mean, not really red meat, but I ate chicken or my family did, I should say. They, you know, I had two boys and a husband and they, every weekend it's like, where are the burgers? Get the bacon burger. You know, where are the lamb chops? pork chop, like saying that (laughs) so weird because we haven't gotten near that in a very long time. And I'm happy about that for a lot of reasons. And I (laughs) want to circle back around because Chrissy has coached me several times trying to get my family plant-based and it's super hard. But before we go to that, because that's how uh, we want to, I want to circle back around. I want you to kind of help everybody and give them a plan on how they can become more uh, primarily plant-based maybe. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good way to put it is primarily because I did go... (laughs) cold turkey pardon the pun i i said to everybody we're not eating any more meat that's it yeah because i because i researched and i read books and i got my certificate in plant-based nutrition and it became evident to me that i didn't want myself or my family eating any more meat and i would say that that maybe wasn't the best approach i think that for us it worked but there was a lot of i did i started writing a blog at that time of my family going from this meat-based diet i would say meat-based for the guys because it would like they'd sit down and they eat the meat and then they'd pick what was around it. Um, And when they were little, I could get them to eat more fruits and vegetables and grains and all that. But as they got older, as they were in their teenage years, it was like meat, meat. So it... I did go just plant-based kind of all of a sudden and there was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of arguing and maybe some tears and so I did start blogging about it and I have the, it's called plant-based love plant-based LUV and if you go back you can see like how it started and the frustration and how hard it was and I I don't know maybe if I had said we're going to not eat meat 2 days a week or 3 days a week or start with just one day a week maybe it would have been a little easier uh, but I do think that you do have to have an end goal too, because you could do that for a long time. And it's really easy to slip back when, once you start, you know, if you're just doing it intermittently. And the other thing is your tastes 
change a lot when you go to a plant based diet. So if you're still eating like high fat foods and really calorie dense foods, you're you still crave those foods. So from a sense of it being easier, um, if you just stop eating the the, you know, meat and dairy and all of that, and you go over to just eating plant foods, it's a little easier in that if you stop it all at once, you don't have those cravings, where you still might be craving cheese and meat, because you're still eating it, and your body hasn't adjusted. There's a doctor named Doug uh, Lyle, who has a great if you look it up, he has a great um, TEDx talk on why we crave these calorie dense foods. Uh, and you know, yeah, when we were cavemen survival, of we needed these foods, because we were trying to survive to 17 years old when we'd get picked off by something. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of us like to live to we're 100 now. So we don't we don't need to do that anymore. Um, but, it, you know, in evolution, we are kind of craving those types of foods, which we don't need now, we don't need to eat those. And we know that they're detrimental to the body. So so the long and short of it is maybe pick an end goal of, okay, we're going to start going plant-based. And by this time, I'd like us to be all plant-based. Or if you're an all and nothing person and you know that works for you, great. Like I had no trouble doing it. I just tried to bring my family along. And I think that was a little rough for them. Right. I think if I spent more time educating them on why, now there's some great videos. I mean, you have Forks Over Knives, you have What the Health. You have, there's so many videos now, um, uh, Game Changers. Those those are great to bring the family along, Game Changers for men. I mean, there's so many, I've had so many people call me, oh my gosh, my husband watched the video, told me to watch him and now he doesn't want to eat meat. I'm like, great. Right. So there's lots of literature. There's so many websites. There's so many podcasts. Rich Roll's podcast is a great podcast. Um, and then, you know, Rip Esselstyn has a great podcast. So there's all these, there's so many resources now and so many more than there were eight years ago. So I think you just kind of have to look at your audience, look at who you're influencing. And are you an all or nothing person, you know, that you can make that transition? Or do you want to do a slower transition? And all of it's right. And maybe you don't want it. Maybe you're like, listen, I'm not going to stop eating meat. Okay, eat more plants. All right. So why? Okay, here, I'm a client and I come to you and I say, I'm 15, 20 pounds overweight. I don't know how this happened. I feel like crap. I have night sweats. I, you know, I'm, I've got the brain fog. I just feel overall mele melees about myself. Just awful. What 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 is your pitch on what? Why would the vegan diet help all that? Well, if you look at the studies on a on a plant based, and I'm going to say plant based versus vegan because Oreos are vegan, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to say plant-based, but if you look at the studies over the course of time, especially over the course of the 10, in the past 10 years, it's very hard to deny that that's the best diet for weight loss. And it's hard to deny that we, we gain weight when we go through menopause Our everything kind of slows down and we start packing pounds on, especially around the middle. And, you know, around a lot of mm -hmm. women are like, I've never had this before. What is this? They hear the word muffin top and they're like, what is that? Menopause. Oh, okay. I get it. That's what it is. Yeah. So it's the best time to start, you know, looking at that. And if you do look at the studies over and over again, and they keep trying to compare it to other diets, you know, there was one comparison that even looked at weight loss with keto, the keto diet versus vegan or versus plant based. And in the end, like, I'm just going to sum up this more recent study when they looked at it. And this was one that was way more controlled in nutrition studies, you know, they'll look at populations, or they'll look at surveys, like this one was a controlled study where they gave people you know, two different diets, one was keto. one, And so in the end, what they saw was, yeah, they, they both lost weight, but the keto diet lost water weight, like it was mostly water, the plant based diet lost fat. 
So that kind of solved that one. It was kind of nice to see that. So that's a more recent thing that's come out. But there's study after study after study that just proves time and time again that a plant-based diet is great for weight loss. And okay, because there's a lot of diet, you could, what was, remember that cookie diet? Lots of people lost weight on that cookie diet. Uh, Yeah. So you could just eat less and lose weight, but can you maintain it? What diet can you maintain? Plant-based diet is, it's, I've been doing it for eight years now. It's the easiest diet to maintain, especially now, because there's so many options. And I I definitely say a whole food plant-based diet because unfortunately there's a lot of options in some ways because now there's a lot of kind of fake meat foods coming out that aren't great for us. They're a nice treat if you're like, oh, I'm dying for a burger and you want to grab something, but they're not, you know, most of them aren't good for us at all. Uh, Most of them, a lot of them are the isolated soy, which I'm sure if you had Christy Funk, Dr. Funk on, you heard about isolated soy and why to stay away from that. Don't stay away from soy. Whole organic um, soy is... Explain a little bit about isolated uh, isolated soy because we didn't talk about that. We did talk about the benefits of soy. Okay, okay. Isolated soy is like say like soy protein powder or the soy. They take like kind of the bad part out of the soy and they put it into something. So you'll find it in like protein powders. You'll find it in a lot of these fake meats. And that type of soy is often GMO. Even if it is organic isolated, it's just, it's not good. It doesn't have the same effect as isoflavones that are in, um, you know, regular soy. It does, they, they don't have the same effect. They kind of have a, a negative effect on estrogen versus a positive effect that you get from phytoestrogens. And so. is that what it says on the ingredients? Is that at, at- uh, yeah? It usually says isolated soy, oh, okay. isolated soy protein, isolated soy product. Uh, yeah, it usually does say that. Um, you know, if you have you wanted to have whole organic soy, which is I'm sure, that's that's what you want to aim for. Um, organic means it won't have it won't be GMO as well because if something is organic, it, it shouldn't be GMO. And I believe so. that Dr. Funk referred to those um, isolated soys as transition foods. She said that it's it's not as, you know, she said if someone is trying to go plant-based, you know, grabbing the fake burgers in the freezer, you know, at your local grocery store is better than actually having the regular grass-fed meat. Like she gave us a little true. higher. Is that true? true? Yeah, they are, right. It is better. Yeah. It is better. Yeah. I agree that it's better. And I think that sometimes when we're making the transition over, and that's that's what's a little easier now, because when, when I was making that transition over, there really weren't any fake, and it wasn't even that long ago, if you think about it, but there weren't that many fake meats or chicken or anything like that. And now there's tons of them. Some of them are made from gluten. A lot of them are made from gluten. And then some of them are made from isolated soy. And yeah, transition foods, I think it's, you could just think of them as, I mean, I guess you can think of them as just a quick grab and go, you know, it's not super healthy, but it's going to fill that void of, oh my gosh, I'm dying for this food that, I'm, that I don't have anymore. Can and you- it's going to keep you on that. And it's not, they're not super craveable because if you look at these calorie dense foods, as I was talking about earlier, you really crave cheese has casomorphines. Like it has something in it that makes you crave it. High fat, fatty meats, burgers, and things like that. You, your brain wants more, 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 give me more of that. So these foods, these transition foods, they're not super craveable. Mm-hmm. Even the fake cheeses, you're mm-hmm. not, I don't know. I don't think people are like, I'm dying to have more of that fake cheese. Um, I must have more. So I think that that serves that effect very well. The cheese, Chrissy, when you're going through menopause, the cheese, come on, it's the best thing ever. I 
No. So how I know how do you everybody coach has people? the hardest time with cheese? And especially I think women. I don't I don't tend to hear men, but I hear women like just the cheese is the that number go you know, the number one go to comfort food with a glass of wine, you know, and a and a couple of pieces of cheese. I'm in heaven. So what how, how both you, of which aren't good for menopause. Uh, I know, I know. That's why we're doing this podcast. So what? But they're good for that part of your brain that needs that. So I know it is. It is a catch twenty two. Absolutely. So what? What is your advice when someone comes to you? Like you know, over the years, I was texting you, like, help me. My, you know, my my son ate my beautiful curried garbanzo bean, beautiful dish I had with non bread, and he ate it, and he's starving an hour later. Like it did not work. You know, it was we would go on and off. My family, I. Would would say our family now is primarily plant based. I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. I, I've worked very hard at, but my it's a lot of work. My son still comes sometimes walks through the door with that In and Out bag, and he wants that In and Out burger, and I and I and I'll take it because he's not eating it every day. You know, he he again is primarily plant based. But how it is very hard. First of all, I want to talk about just the shopping itself. Just what do you make? You know, like what are the foods? And I know your your blog and your website is awesome. You, you and you following you on Instagram is awesome because you're always giving great. You're showing whatever you made tonight for dinner, and it inspires me every time. So, but what what? Thank you. What would you? What is the biggest advice you would give someone? It's a hard. It's a hard transition to make. It, it is hard. It's hard, but I, I would argue it's harder to feel terrible all the time. It's harder to be packing those pounds on. It's harder to go on blood pressure medication and have all those side effects. It's a lot harder to have a stroke, you know, so, so you have to look at all those things and then, you know, recognize, I think it's important to educate yourself. And then I think it's important to do a deep dive into what plant foods exist, (laughs) what recipes are there. And I mean, you can Google on any given day, low fat or no oil plant-based recipes, and then figure out what you like and then have your go-to. So before, if your go-to was a chicken bowl, or if your go-to to was burgers, you you then figure out what your new go-tos are going to be and find 10 meals that you make well. And then you have, and and before, like, think about it. What are your, what were your go-tos when you had meat? You probably had 10 food, 10 things that you made well, unless you're a chef or unless you really love to cook. So find those, get good at them. And it takes a lot of practice. Cooking is, it takes a lot of practice to become a good cook. I was a terrible cook. And then I learned how to make a lot of meals that were more meat-based because that's what my family liked. And then I had to make, then I had to learn how to cook plants. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same. It's not the same type of cooking. Because if you think of meat, you have like, you typically it's like a piece of meat, a a potato or a grain or something and a side dish, Uh, or sorry, and a vegetable, Mm -hmm. hopefully. Some people don't even get to that point. (laughs) (laughs) Or the vegetables like soggy peas or soggy broccoli. So you have to, you know, experiment and come up with, so if before it was a chicken bowl, find, learn how to make tempeh, learn how to make tofu. Hopefully you've had a, and other people who have spoken to soy's, you know, positive effects on menopause and everything else. So don't, you know, they won't be afraid of making soy. Um, learn how to cook tofu, learn how to drain it, learn how to bake it, learn how to saute it, uh, learn how to, I pan fry it on a hot pan, on a dry pan. I love it that way. And then I'll put it in a stir fry, learn how to make, uh, um, veggie burgers. My Figure new thing is ones you like. There's black I love, bean burgers. Mm-hmm. I love that air fryer. That's the new thing. The air fryer. I'm putting the oh yeah the oh the air fryer yeah for tofu in the air so fryer. Good. It's so good. So good. Yeah, it's like yep. restaurant quality. It is yeah. tofu in the air fryer is the 
best. It is restaurant quality. You're like, oh, this is how they do it in the restaurants. Well, you know how they do it. They deep fry it and there's a ton of oil. So with the air fryer, you don't even have to use any oil. So it's it's great. Yeah. I I love tofu in the air fryer. So, right. So, and then get your tools. You just hit onto something else. Your tools, you buy that air fryer. You have to have a, a, a good blender, you know, for the sauces and dressings and things that you're making when you're plant-based. So get a good, you know, I love the Vitamix. I've had a Vitamix for 20 years. I've had the same Vitamix for 20 years. It still works great. And they have a great warranty. So I, cause a lot of people are like, oh, they're so expensive, but what other blender lasts that long and does as much. Uh, and then a food processor. I had, you know, for a long time, I was like trying to use one of those choppers as a food processor. And I finally realized, what am I doing? This is nuts. And I got a good food processor. It makes such a big difference. So, and then have some good um, nonstick pans and you know, good nonstick pans. Now they have the, um, what is it called? The ones that are coated with um, like the La Creuset. What is it? Ceramic. Ceramic, yeah. The ceramic mm-hmm. coated pans. Yep. So you're staying away from using Teflon, which Teflon isn't great. Um, it emits gases that I have parrots. So I, can't have any Teflon in my house because it kills the parrots. It kills birds. You're kidding. Um, it's like like one of the number one killers of home pets, uh, bird, you know, oh, wow. pets is because uh, of the gas from that. So anyway, and it also sticks to food and it comes off. You know, you see the pans wear down and you wonder, where is that going? Well, it's going in your food and you're eating it. So, so, but it, there are some nonstick pans, like scan pans are a little bit better. So, you, you know, do your research, find out what the best pans are and you want it and you're going to be cooking with less oil because we know that menopause, you benefit from a low fat diet or, you know, as little fat as possible. So you learn to broth saute instead of sauteing in oil, you learn to saute in broth. And I reserve oil for like, if I'm putting a little oil on, on the top of something, I don't cook using oil. And then it, you know, at the end, if I made a dish and I know it's going to like a little drizzle of olive oil on the top is going to make it taste a little better, then I'll use it for that. Or I'll use it in a dressing, even though I have a lot of great oil-free dressings. Sometimes I just want an Italian dressing that has a little oil in it. So I reserve it for that. The new studies on olive oil are that you can have a little olive oil. Um, that's recent because I didn't, I didn't have it free. I always follow the science. I kind of always look at what the studies are saying. And to me, that just feels the best. I don't, it takes out the guesswork. Could you give so, us an example of what you- But oil's very caloric. Okay. Yeah, sorry, yes, they sorry, are. Okay. Terribly. Um, yeah. Will you give us just an example of like, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Did you have a snack? Then what did, what would you have for lunch? Like how many times a day yeah. do you eat? You know, what, mm-hmm. can you give us like rundown, like maybe yeah. a meal plan? Sure. Yeah. So for breakfast this morning, I had oatmeal with blackberries, just fresh blackberries, uh, mint, walnuts, and hemp hearts, and um, a little bit of oatmeal and yum, and a little salt. I always put salt on my oatmeal. <laughs> Just a little, but I love salt on my oatmeal. So that's what I have for breakfast. And then I didn't have a snack just because I was busy today, but like normally I'll have like an apple, uh, just grab an apple or an orange. Oh, I did have, I had an orange. So I take it back. I did have a snack. And then for lunch, I had a sandwich. I had, I took tofu and I, it had, it was marinated and I just grilled some on a pan, just dry on a pan. And I put it on, I, I have to eat gluten-free. I have for 25 years. So I, I put on some a piece of gluten-free bread with some avocado artichokes, marinated artichokes, like water, uh, marinated artichokes, you know, marinated in water and some um, red peppers that were also marinated in water and sprouts. And so I had that um, 
as my lunch. And for dinner, we're making poke bowls. So it's a brown rice with a bunch of veggies, uh, cucumbers, tomatoes, yellow. I have yellow peppers. So I'm going to use yellow peppers. I'll put some more of the sprouts on there probably. And um, some toasted pumpkin seeds. I, I toast pumpkin seeds. I put these on everything. I toast pumpkin seeds dry. You know, you take a dry pan and you put pumpkin seeds on it until they start kind of popping. Mm. And then I put tamari on it or brag amino acids and it makes them really savory but you don't put uh, sorry you don't put the brag amino acids on when it's in the pan you take it off the heat and then put it on a plate I put them on a plate and then you just put a tiny bit and it sticks to them if you put it on the pan the tamari burns and it doesn't it tastes kind of burnt so but I so I'll put those on there and uh probably a little more tofu like I just had a little tofu on my sandwich because I knew I was going to have it later in the day and some edamame and then a sauce that has a little bit of like kind of my go-to sauce it, for a stir fry or for poke bowls is uh, brag amino acids or tamari, rice wine vinegar, unseasoned rice wine vinegar, and a, the tiniest bit of sesame oil because you know how strong sesame oil is, has a really strong taste. Mm-hmm. So you could just use the tiniest bit. It tastes so good. Uh, and then I just whisk that up and I put that over whatever. We kind of spoon it over whatever we're, we're having. Oh, so yummy. That's what I'll have tonight. Or I usually don't double soy, but that just kind of ended up happening today. Will so. you post that please? So it's on your Instagram feed. So if anyone goes on to your sure. Instagram, they can yeah, I will. I'm actually going to post it tonight when I make them. Yeah, yeah, that will definitely be posted. Oh, there's also tomatoes on it, red pepper. And you can poke, you could do whatever you want with the poke bowl. And the and it's really easy because you just drain the tofu and chop it and marinate it. And then, oh, I also have um, sesame seeds and um, they have this at Trader Joe's, it's seaweed and sesame seeds, wakami. It's, I think that's how you pronounce it. So I sprinkle that on the top too. It's so good. Very maki. Oh, is that how you say it? Yeah. Wow. I really <laughs> messed that up. <laughs> I make up my own words for things. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Can you yeah. say it again? Uh, yeah. Furimaki. You just say all the letters. Furimaki. Okay. Great. Yeah. That's what it is. Yummy. Okay. I so don't have that. that. I'm going to get that. There. It's good. Yeah. It's on the the freezer aisle. So, but typically I'll have, we'll have, a, I, I love veggie burgers. So I have a few different recipes on my website, but there's a beet one that's really good. There's black bean ones that are really good. Um, you just kind of figure out your base. Black bean and quinoa taste really good together in a veggie burger. So you want like your base of usually a bean and rice or a bean and quinoa and then, or oats. Oats taste really good with the beans and you put them in a food processor. And I usually use a flax egg, which is a, a tablespoon of flax and two or three tablespoons of water. And it holds things together. And then whatever spices you like. So you put in, you know, maybe you want chopped peppers in there or, you know, like a roasted peppers or, and then you could put cumin, uh, any type of spices that you like. Um, uh, paprika. I always put smoked paprika. I kind of put that in everything. Um, so you have to learn how to season things too. That's the other thing with eating more plant-based and that's uh, herbs and seasonings really add a ton to your recipes and that's a ton of flavor and uh, that's something that I was I would say I wasn't always good at and I've gotten a lot better at and that just comes with experience it comes with making other people's recipes and learning what tastes good with what there's also some great plant-based cooking courses out there if you want to dive into one of those and not experiment because then you'll you'll know straight off the bat plant forks over knives has a really nice course and so does ruby which i think they might do it so r-o-u-x-b-e and they do some nice courses as well in in plant-based cooking and they're affordable 
And in, in case you don't want to experiment, you just want to know how to do it. I think that works nicely too. So what about like a frozen veggie burger from your local grocery store, like or a frozen bean burger or a frozen beet burger that you just mentioned and you're buying it, pack it, you know, frozen in the frozen sure. section. Is is that sure. is that better than like the impossible it's, burger? Yeah, those are probably better than the impossible. You have to look, look at the ingredients, look for the one with the most fiber, uh, look for the one with... I mean, I always look at fiber. It's one of the first things I look at. Okay, how much fiber is in this burger? Oh, one gram. Okay, never mind. Um, so look at the fiber. Look at the fat. You know, if the burger has, I, I would say my limit is you know three grams. If it has over three, uh, where you know you get into the impossible and the Beyond Burgers, they have sixteen grams of fat and it's coconut oil. Yes. And you know everybody wanted to fool themselves for a while with coconut oil, thinking it was good, but you know the studies are out. It's not. It's saturated fat, so mm-hmm. it's it's not okay. But I'm not going to say never have an impossible burger. I've been known to have one. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you I for like being on it. Barely, I mean, I think the last time I had one was I have. I've, I probably had one a few months ago and I liked it, but it's just not something. It's junk food to me. Okay. How many grams? That's what I look at. How many grams of fiber? Because I did hear, I just heard this study on fiber and menopause. And I don't think I, I think I cut the fiber out because to me, fiber means carbs. You know, I, this first thing, I don't know why in my head, that's what I was trained to think. So I kind of keep away from fiber. Um, but so how much fiber should I, if I'm looking at my, that frozen veggie burger, what, where do I want my fiber to be? Um, well, I think it depends, but I would say, I, again, I always try to look for over five grams of fiber. Over five grams. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd love it to have 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's good so, to know. All right. Let's talk a little bit about- yeah. I mean, well, I think also you have to look at what else you're eating during the day because there's also the, you know, you're eating fruit and vegetables, have fiber, oatmeal, you know, so you're looking at what what are you putting? Are you putting flax in? And you could start monitoring your fiber intake, but I shoot for- and I don't, I don't measure it anymore, but I do shoot for like 37 to 40 grams a day, 37 to even like, you know, 45 grams a day. And most people fall very short of that. So I try to get, I would say I try to get between 40 and 50 grams of fiber a day. And you can't do that straight off the bat. Yeah. Beans have a lot of fiber, but I always tell people when you're starting a plant-based diet, you can't just start eating a ton of beans because no one's going to want to be around you. You're going to not even want to be around yourself. Oh my gosh. So you have to go easy with that. The fr- but as your gut changes, it all changes. It, it's it's, and it's you, amazing and- how that happens because really, truly the first, oh, yeah. the first month is embarrassing. It's like uncontrollable yeah. gas, right? It, and then, oh, it's awful. And then once yeah. you're past that month, it's like everything is clean. <laughs> There's no smell to anything. It's, it's true. It is crazy. It's oh crazy. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it does make a big difference. It makes a huge so, and And so- it, it does make a huge difference. But yeah, you don't want to like transition and be just only eating those really high fiber foods straight off the bat if you weren't if you're not used to eating fiber because it'll be a little right. Rough. And I, I think with plant based in menopause is it so helped me with the bloating, like just always my midsection, no matter what I ate, what I drank, I would be like, I would just feel five to 10 pounds heavier after everything I until it like went through me or I went for a walk or I kind of just cleared out my system. And I would hold it in that belly area. And then with the plant base, I don't, I didn't have any of that bloating. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, like I said, it it has such a profound effect on our gut bacteria and our our good bacteria in our gut. And so we are able to digest everything better. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard 
that your gut is your second brain mm-hmm. and it, it really is. I mean, it, it really makes a, a huge effect on every aspect of your health to have a healthy kind of starts there. And the plant, again, I keep going back to plant-based diet. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the studies do show that plant-based diet is the best diet for gut health. You know, you don't even have to do that much. Uh, you know, you include some fermented foods and you eat these high fiber foods and these beautiful fruits and vegetables with all the phytonutrients and all the the perfect balance of macro and micronutrients. And it makes a huge difference. And to your point, as far as carbs go, I mean, carbs get such a bad rap. And, and yeah, donuts should get a bad rap. Those are white flour, bad, you know, carbs, sugar, um, sugar should get a bad rap because it, it's not good for you. But if you eat whole grains, um, farro, quinoa, all of those things, you know, it, it whole, even whole wheat, it's unprocessed and it has the, the, uh, the nutrients that it should have. They haven't been stripped away and you shouldn't be afraid to eat that. I eat a, I mean, I, my diet's mostly carbs, it's like mm-hmm. 80% carbs. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say that, but they're complex carbs. I don't eat simple carbs. It's just not something that, that I eat because they're not filling and they don't do anything to, give me nutrition and support my body. So I don't really eat them. So what's your thoughts on black cohosh? You know, that's the first thing you're sitting at a table at a restaurant with friends and someone has a hot flash and one friend goes, are you taking your black cohosh or, you know, ashwanda, ashwanda, what I don't even know how to say that one. Yeah. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on this, you know, supplement? Okay. So supplements, it's, it's a, they're tricky for me. I think it's a tricky subject um, because there, a lot of them haven't, black black cohosh has been studied probably better than a lot of the other ones. And the studies vary, you know, one study will say, oh, it works great. And one study says it doesn't. And, and so you know, I think probably the effect is for some people it works and for some people it doesn't. And I think if you find a supplement that you're comfortable taking and you want to try it and you know it's safe, I mean, you have to, there's some supplements that aren't safe if, and you want to give it a try. I mean, like flax is a decent supplement for taking during menopause. It has lignans, which help balance hormones. Um, it's also great anti-cancer. Um, you know, lignans are great for fighting cancer. So I'm, I'm very happy to tell someone, sure, try flax. That's a great supplement. But when you come to some of the ones that they're just not 100% sure about, uh, you know, that you maybe you're reading about and you're like, oh, I haven't really heard of that before. Let me do the deep dive. And you're looking up studies and the studies are inconclusive, but you find out like this one might cause liver damage. And you know, if you have liver problems, you're not supposed to take black cohash. So I think it's a very individual thing. I would have a hard time saying everybody should take whatever for menopause. You know, there's the wild yam and there's all those... I mean, the wild yams, people do great with that. But I I don't ever feel comfortable telling someone how much of a supplement to take and what to take, um, because I just think it's so individual. So I, I can't blanket statement that. But I do know people I've worked with have really benefited from some of these supplements. Um, so I think that you've, you have to find what works right for you. And you have to do your research like anything else, like the for the foods you eat and you know the things you use environmentally in your home, like you want to do your research because there's so much, we have the internet and there's a lot of really bad information mm-hmm. on the internet, but there's also studies. And I say, you know, learn how to look at a study, learn how to, how to, is this study done well? Is it conducted well? Is it, is it published in a reputable journal and reviewed by people who should be reviewing studies versus some editor at Men's Health Magazine who doesn't understand at all how the study was conducted? So that, <laughs> 
I'm sure there's some editors there that do. I'm just saying like, you know, a lot of people go to magazines or they'll go to Facebook and say, oh, I'm all about this because someone said it was good. And then when you trace it, that person's getting paid by, you know, this, oh, I, I, grass-fed meat is better for you. And then because of this study, send me the study. It's sponsored by the meat industry. Right, by, right. You know, the, the ranchers. So it's, you have to look where, how the study is being put out. So I guess that's a very long answer on supplements. I do know that, you know, soy, again, soy, if you look at soy foods, um, they are, you look at tofu or you're looking at um, tempeh, some of the, you know, unprocessed soy, um, fermented soy, like, like I just said, tempeh, those people do notice good benefits for their menopausal symptoms or some people, some people do, some people don't, that's the thing. But if you look at people who in Asia who eat a lot of soy, they don't have menopause symptoms. They, they just like most of them like don't have any symptoms from menopause. So you kind of have to look at that and know, okay, what, how, how is their diet different than ours? They eat a lot of soy. Mm-hmm. So it's hard not to look at that. And there have been studies that specifically looked at that and did notice that their menopausal symptoms are a lot less than ours are. It, that is crazy. And eating a Western diet. I have mm-hmm. seen that study. It is, that is crazy, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, you know, vitamin D, I'm pretty comfortable saying people, most people need to take vitamin D and it's going to affect your, as we get older too, we don't um, assimilate calcium well. And it, especially if you do trans, uh, try to transition to eating more plants, you want to make sure you're getting enough calcium. So you want that vitamin D to help you absorb it properly. So most people could benefit from getting their vitamin D checked out and then taking a supplement that it, you know brings their levels up to mm-hmm. a, a good, normal, healthy level. Because most of us don't get enough sun. And if we do, we're wearing sunscreen, so we're not absorbing the vitamin D. I mean, it's nice. I would love to say, go get your sun and you know get, get it from the sun, but it, it doesn't work for a lot of people. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, I married a, a vegetarian. He's maybe 22 years and he's always taken vitamin D, just doesn't um, ever get enough of it. I was curious um, about your exercise and working out. How did you, did that change? Did you change what you did at all when you were going through menopause? I didn't. Well, you know what happened? Okay. Yeah, I did. Because what happened was I started working out more because I just naturally started gaining weight. And so I was working out instead of one hour a day, which is my typical workout, I was working out two hours. Sometimes I go to the gym in the morning and at night. And this was just to maintain my weight because I, I had never really struggled that much with my weight, because I think because of exercising and, and I always ate well or pretty well. <laughs> Um, so I would say I ate more better than most people, but I didn't, I, I wasn't perfect. Right. So anyway, I ended up gaining weight faster than I ever had in my life. And so I started working out more and then I just kind of said, I cannot spend all this time at the gym. And I see women doing this all the time as they start going through menopause and working out is great for mood, right? It raises your serotonin level. It's great for for us. And but overworking out, working out at the gym three hours a day, it, it kind of has the opposite for some people has the opposite effect. It affects, you know, us negatively and it you could lead to injury and then you can't work out. So there's a lot of reasons not to feel like you have to work out three hours a day or four hours a day for weight maintenance, especially. So you know if you're training for a marathon or something, that's one thing. But I finally realized that I didn't have the time to do this and I didn't want to work out like that. And as soon as I changed my diet and stopped eating as much, I didn't have to I, at all. It's I, I just went back to working out you know, an hour a day, which makes me feel good. And some days I miss it and it's 
it's okay. And that made a huge difference. So it, you can't eat as much. Once you go through menopause, it stinks. And I, I, I talk to people about this all the time. Like, I just want to eat the way I used to. Okay, you can't. You just, you, you can, but you're going to gain weight. It took me <laughs> you years know? So, to accept that. Years to accept yeah, that. It's sad, but, but you can eat a ton of food on a plant-based diet. Right. A ton. Right. Right. And it does take a long time to accept that because we're all used to not necessarily having to pay much attention and you're kind of the same weight or, or maybe all your life you've paid attention and, and, you know, all of a sudden you start gaining more weight and that's bad too. If you're already, you know, overweight and then you start putting more weight on and it gets even harder to manage, but on a plant-based diet, again, because of all the food you can eat and, you know, fruits and vegetables and grains, they just don't have a ton of calories. You're not putting that those high fat content foods into your diet. And that's, that's where you gain the most weight and you know, eating again, you have nutrient dense foods, which are high in nutrition and calorie dense foods, which are high in calories, the calorie dense foods are the, the ones that more people crave because their brain wants those calories. So it's like, you know, the, the burgers and the cheese. And I don't know, I don't, I think I skirted your question about cheese. Right? I, don't think you right did. I never got you did. back around to that, did I? <laughs> Um, but that's what we crave. But if you get used to eating these other foods and you're full, it makes a big difference, right? I mean, because you you just don't want to be hungry. Right. And once you get over the craving all of those calorie dense foods, and when because the cravings are the worst part, right? Because you you feel hungry. Mm-hmm. But when your body's getting so much nutrition from these other foods too, you just don't have that. I, I'm not, I don't get super hungry because I'm, I think my body's just always getting what I need. But it take it took a while and it took some being hungry <laughs> to, you know, actually feel that hunger and say, okay, yeah, I am hungry. And trying to manage that new normal of what I needed to eat to maintain a healthy weight. What would be your... And now and now I don't think about it at all. I just eat and I'm always the same weight. I weigh myself once in a while. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm the same or my jeans fit. Okay. That's awesome. So it's kind of nice not having to worry about that. Yeah. Okay. What's your... Would be the one advice that you could give a listener right now that is 15 pounds overweight, doesn't... She's not feeling good. She's listening to this podcast right now in her car. What... What's the exercise you would tell her to start doing? How would she approach this new diet? And what what mindset could you give her that would help her get? Because okay. at this point, I know it was for me. And when I was working with you, I was so I was so out of my head. Like I, I was skinny my whole life, you know, never gained a pound either way, you know, never lost weight, never gained weight. And then menopause hit. And I was like, what in the heck is this? And it's, it's really, you know, it, it plays with the mind. It really, it's really screws you up. And you just feel really defeated because you are doing the same thing that you've always done. So what exactly. what is that advice that you could give someone that they could write, you know, it would rock their world right now. So they'd be going to the supermarket and getting their plant-based food. Okay. Well, shop the periphery of the supermarket. So, you know, where they have the produce and the vegetables and figure out some recipes because there's nothing worse than coming home with a bunch of stuff and being all excited and having no idea what to do with it. So figure out some recipes, then get the produce and the grains and everything you need The to, you know, get some tofu, figure out how to press the tofu. Cause that's the biggest mistake people make is they don't get the water out of it. And they're like, it's disgusting. It was falling apart. Get the water out of it. However, you get a tofu press or get some paper towels or some towels and um, learn how to do that. And so have the supplies because when you go to grab something and the only thing you have is something that you shouldn't be eating, that doesn't really work. So you have to overhaul your refrigerator, overhaul your pantry, figure out what your go-to snacks are going to be, which, you know, hopefully are fruit 
and almonds and and walnuts and things like that and then learn how to cook that's my my i mean maybe people don't want to hear that but i do think it's really important to learn how to make some meals if you're not used to cooking don't figure that you can just go buy everything and grab it and like you said frank yeah if you want to figure out some veggie burgers that you love that are healthy and don't have any preservatives and they're you know straight up just they don't have a lot of oil and and you love them and you want to find a bean burger um i don't really eat those so i wish i could tell you like this one's great but i i usually just make them so i don't know but but there are good ones out there i know that mm-hmm. so i will say that i know there's some pritikin ones that are okay and i think amy's has some that are okay so learn how to cook, learn how to make, let just maybe make your goal, learn how to make five meals perfectly so that you enjoy them. And hopefully whoever you're making them for enjoys them. Um, stop grabbing the high calorie foods when you're craving something just, you know, like you think cheese, we're circling back to cheese. I know when you want to like people want to feel good, and they want to grab a glass of wine and cheese. And it's like the absolute worst thing you could do for weight gain, right? Because they're just empty calories. It's all fat calories. It's really not going to help you at all. And it's going to put a bunch of calories in your body with not a whole lot of uh, nutrition. So and then so sorry, you asked me about that. So did that answer the question? And then what exercise like is it? Yeah, then exercise. Is it walking? Like how get on the bike? What is it? High cardio? What would you recommend? First, find something you love. So figure out what you love. Do you like do you like walking outside? Do you like doing spin? Do you like doing cardio? Do you and so figure out what you like to do first. And then don't feel bad about doing that frequently, right? So if you like spinning, or you like the elliptical, or you figure out what you like, and then make sure that you're getting uh, weight bearing exercises in as well. That's very important. So your you know your lunges, your if you can do you know jumps, if you can do squats, uh, working those big muscles because. The other thing to be concerned about during menopause is bone loss. And, you know, so we, or, or bone um, density, not bone loss, right, sorry, right, yeah. bone density, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. So you want to make sure that you're, you're getting those exercises in. So try to find a balance because I'm a cardio junkie. I love cardio. I could do it all. Like that's, that would be my go-to, but I make sure I get those weights in and it's not my favorite thing, but I, I make sure I get those in because I know how important it is. And we also start losing muscle as we get older and you need to keep that muscle on to keep, you know, your metabolism up, to keep your bones strong both very important. So make sure that you're and there's so many programs online. Now, if you if you're not a self motivator, like where you're like, I know exactly what exercise I'm going to do, I'm going to buy some weights and go online, there's a million weight bearing exercise classes online. And there's so many different I don't wanna, I don't want to like promote one mm-hmm. or the other. But there's just so many right now that you can join and do those exercises. And maybe it's like a boot camp exercise class, you love that, you know, run around outside for 10 minutes, come in do the next thing. There's so many different um, programs out there. So pick one that you like sample and then get it done. And don't feel like you have to make your whole life about exercising to maintain your weight because diet for, for me, I just find diet is so much more effective tool because I love exercising, but when it became a chore, it was just not fun at all. That, that wasn't fun feeling like the only way I'm going to maintain this weight is by going to the gym more than I want to be there. Okay. My friend, thank you so much for this amazing information. We can find you at plant-based love l-u-v love.com what is where can, how can we follow you on instagram what are you on instagram chrissy roth too chrissy roth too and that's c-h-r-i-s-s-y chrissy roth too r-o-t-h r-o-t yeah that's yeah because everybody thinks i'm saying ross yeah oh yeah that's right r-o-t-h and follow her on instagram it's super fun uh it always inspires me to what to make something that night and i always comment on it i'm like oh 
that's what I'm going to make tonight. And it, it helps me. I know. And it makes it so fun for me when I get pictures, I get texts of meals that people make. Oh my gosh. And so many people, they don't comment. They say nothing. And then I get a picture of the meal and they're like, look at this. I'm like, oh my gosh, it makes me so happy. <laughs> so that's why I keep posting things. And we also have a, a, a on Facebook, Plant-Based Life with Chrissy and JD Roth. And we did a bunch of live cooking segments that are on there. We need to do more. Unfortunately, social media and I aren't great friends. I've never really really figured it all out. Um, but I'm trying to for the exact reason that you just said, Frankie, like that it inspires me so much more to keep posting because I'm making stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. So but half the time, you know, I have people, people, my husband, and my son's mom, stop taking pictures of it. I want to eat. You know, so but I, I pull it off to the side and take a quick picture. And my photos aren't amazing. Like my hats off to all these people that do this beautiful food photography. It does make you want to eat it more than some of the pictures that I post. But um, you know, hopefully I'm trying to post more recipes too. So um, thank you for the inspiration by telling me that you're making the meals because it really inspires me to do that more. It does follow her for sure. It's it's a it's a great way to live. And thank you for doing what you're doing and spreading that message. I, re- I really appreciate it, especially to our listeners are going to benefit from a primarily plant-based diet for sure. So thank you. That's thank right. you. And just eat more plants. If I can impart <laughs> any, like one sentence, eat more plants and move and be good to yourself. And I'm sure you're doing plenty of, um, you know, talks with people about meditation and sleep. And cause that's obviously there's a lot of components. I'm just here mostly to talk about the nutrition component, right. but um, it's, it, it's all, it, you want to be well-rounded and you can't just look at one of these mm-hmm. things. You have to look at all of it to make sure that we all get through this menopause Ugh. thing in the rest of our lives we're, in a we're on, healthy, beautiful way because it could be brutal. We're on a mission. We're on a mission. And so far, so good. I love it. Yep. Good. Okay. Thank you very good. much. Thanks. Oh Thank gosh, you. You're welcome. All right, SJ, what'd you think about Chrissy Roth and the information she just gave us? Yeah, it's really interesting how even when they go plant-based, they go so clean. You know, I love the comment about Oreos are vegan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have this conversation with my husband all the time. Right. (laughs) Because I know when I go downstairs and I look, I get him as he's a swimmer and he swims long distance. So he needs a lot of food Mm -hmm. and um, it's... That's a struggle when you're plant-based. And so I'm going to go down there and I'm going to look at all of the protein bars that I buy him, the ones that I want him to eat and the ones that he eats. And I bet you the ones that he eats all have isolated soy. I bet you. I I, I just have a feeling. I'm sure. And you know what? I And I'm going to pay attention because I have a lot of frozen transition foods in my fridge. I'm going to totally admit that because that's how I got my kids to eat more plant-based than the burgers and the meat. And, and my daughter and I have never really been big meat eaters, but my son, he is a meat eater. And my and Michael was for many years, not red meat, but lots of chicken and turkey. He, that to him was protein. He could not, I could not serve anything that did not have a side of a piece of chicken or, or you know, turkey, a piece of turkey, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I love fish. So that's the hard thing for me to be mm-hmm. completely plant-based is very hard because the fish in the fish department is where that's what gets me. And I love eggs too. And she I, has an amazing uh, egg salad, you know, not yeah, with really tofu. Egg, with tofu yeah. and you just put the turmeric in it. So it it's looks good. like egg salad and you put all the, the, you know, you put a little bit of, you know, plant-based mayonnaise and all that stuff in it. And, and you, it's so yummy and you put it with a piece of bread and some lettuce and tomato. Yeah. And I, and I feel like I'm eating 
eggs, which is which is how she taught me years ago. Was she saying just start to train your mind to think that you're eating, you know, you're like what she was saying, th- those craving foods, and then it it really does. It only takes a month, but it it's hard. The preparation is hard to do, and she gave some great insight. I thought on that um, of really making sure that you're prepared before you go to the grocery store because I'm usually not. I go in there and then I get overwhelmed and verklempt yeah. and and then it, you know to really plan it out. And she's right. There are thousands of websites now and cookbooks. Oh, yeah. There's amazing cookbooks out there on all plant-based. Oh, yeah. And there's Purple Carrot, which I use. And there's a new local LA vegan. It's more prep. I like to cook, so mm-hmm. I, I prefer Purple Carrot. But Simple Feast is really good too. And that's more prepared. You still get to cook it sort of. <laughs> so that's that's the when the box comes on your doorstep and that's your yeah, dinner that all, night. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, that's vegan. A, that's a but really I've great learned, way to do it. Um, what you start, I learned so much from Purple Carrot. I keep all the books and um, I love cassoulets. And one time a white bean cassoulet arrived and oh my gosh, I make cassoulets all the time mm-hmm. now and with different stuff like like mm-hmm. her poke bowl. But like what you were saying, the, I think about being prepared was the most interesting thing. She's like, you know, when you cooked with meat, you had those 10 different things. Mm-hmm. Like now I can say bean cassoulet is one of my things and I can make it five different ways. Mm-hmm. That means I have six things, right? Mm-hmm. right? So she was right, like get five things that you know you can make and then go for it. Then you don't feel so overwhelmed at the grocery store and you feel like every time you go, you get all the basics for one meal. That's overwhelming. And you think, Esther, you've said this before all the time when we were talking about weight or exercise, you feel like the that vegan, I'm calling it a vegan diet, but let's say plant-based has really helped you and you believe in the the, the weight loss part of that. Is that true? Or what? 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not 10 pounds. But I will say um, I'm not completely, I, I eat fish mm-hmm. at least once a week. And I eat egg whites. So that's why I was saying it's so interesting with Dr. Funk and now with Chrissy Roth, how clean they are. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. think you gotta, you, you gotta walk the walk when mm-hmm. you're, when you're a nutritionist or a doctor. You, you can't waver at all. I, I I'm very inspired. Inspired and humbled by them, how clean they are. There was- it's so funny. My son said the other day, he's like, gosh, this podcast, what are they telling you? Are we going back to just, you know, seeds and plants in the house? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I got right back on that. Every, everyone we talk to, it's the same thing. And I, yeah. I, do, I know, I know it works. So I think the to put the pressure off yourself because it's very, it's pressure filled. And then when you, when you go out with friends and you're like, oh, I, you know, I'm eating, you know, plant-based people judge that, you know, and everybody's so, you know, we've talked about this many times. People are really personal about yeah. their diet and very defensive about their diet. Yeah. So I think if you try to eat primarily plant-based, yeah, I, I, love, yeah. I love um, meatless Mondays. That's how I started it. There was a chef here in town. Her name is Pamela Saltzman, which I love. And she calls it Meatless Mondays. And we just, we actually started that. And then from there, it, you know, you can start to add more days in. Yeah, it's at elementary schools too. Mm-hmm. Oh, now my, it is? My yeah. boy's favorite day. Ah, <laughs> Not. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I want to say one other thing to our listeners. And this truly, what Franca just said is it, you don't have to be 
so clean, but you do need to move yourself more into eating more plants. You will be less hungry. You know, she was saying, I try to get fiber. If you're eating more plants, there's fiber. You're undoubtedly kale, Mm -hmm. huge broccoli, Mm -hmm. blueberries. So just go that way. But even if you're 80, 20 or 70, 50, 50, Mm -hmm. it's got to help and you will feel better. You You I know you feel better. You feel better. And I love when I asked that question and she said, well, you know, the alternative is, you know, more, more hot flashes, heart disease, high cholesterol. I mean, that is, you know, that really is the alternative. It's not like we really have that big of a choice here. And, you know, and you can believe it or not believe it. Some people think that, you know, veganism and and this whole plant-based movement is a cult. You know, I've heard people talk about that too, (laughs) you know, that it's super cultish. Well, I thought a wine club was a cult. Yeah. (laughs) I was feeling very cultish that night. (laughs) It's true. Anything that you have to, like, I'm on this bandwagon, I'm joining this. So I'm sure there's people that think our podcast, the the menopause warriors are cultish, (laughs) which we are. We're we're, we're, we're kind of, we're trying to all band together. Tammy, you never say anything about it. What what do you think? I mean, I would love to be plant-based. I just, it's too hard with our family. Like my family would not go along with it. Um, I do have a daughter who is plant-based. So what I end up doing is cooking chicken in one pot, tofu in another, and then Mm -hmm. I just make the meal and then people can add whichever one they want. Hallelujah. That is my life. If I have to make a four different meals one more time. (laughs) And that that's that's what I did when my kids were in the house. I made I made two or three meals. I and but the same thing. I made the base and then whoever wanted their meat or you know the tofu or whatever. What about you, Tammy? Are you do you try to eat more plant based? I do. I've I've never been a meat eater like you. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. I love tofu. I love fish. I I love fish Mm too. I mean I think if I did Hey, the Japanese eat fish, so the tofu Uh, balance it out. I agree. I agree. I, I, I'm okay with the fish. And I, as a kid, I was never a meat eater. I really wasn't. I, um, my, I used to chew my meat and tuck it under my plate. And then my, my mom would think I, you know, my mom and dad would go, Oh, she ate her food. And then they'd pick up the plate and all around the plate was my like half chewed meat. That's gross to me. But, but, you know, raising kids and having, you know, being married and, you know, putting the meat and potatoes on the table, you, you're, we're trained from that, from our history. On Chrissy's website, her journey, if you click the journey, she, she goes through how she was raised and, and that part of her journey too. So thought it was, I thought it was great. I hope it was super helpful to our listeners. Yeah. Also, can I say another thing? Yes. Flaxseed. That's, that's, a, I know that's not going to last time we hear that, you know, and oil, oil, you, I know everybody, I also think is just go online and watch how to saute with vegetable broth. Mm-hmm. I had epic fails. Epic mm-hmm. fails. Mm-hmm. But now I you can even make your own vegetable broth to make it taste the way or use miso or I like you, do have, miso. you mm-hmm. do have to get good at it. I mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's hard to change your ways. I, I'm an Italian. You don't tell an Italian not to use olive oil. What the heck? It's on it's in everything we do. I drizzle it on everything. <laughs> I, know, that's how, I know that's how I serve my food. It's drizzled over whatever it is I've cooked. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I have had to stop that too, that's for sure. It's simple. Well, it's fat makes mm-hmm. you fat. Mm-hmm. Fat makes you fat. That's true. All right. We're on to the to, to the next person, right? Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Tammy, for that. Thank yep. you. Thanks for listening. Okay.